it's been a while, but talk about timely uh, as we think about the last two weeks going into the home stretch of the state legislative session. I'm here at what appears to be like the Farm Bureau news desk. Uh, I'm actually in the boardroom uh, here in Jefferson City. Uh, it is pouring pretty good here, and I know a number of you are receiving rain around the state. The tractors are rolling. South, Southeast Missouri, we're planting cotton you're, right now. So. You're going. So, uh, but thanks for tuning in. And as you can tell, I am joined by our longtime friend and state senator, Jason Bean, who represents uh, the boot heel of, of Missouri. So, you know, as we think about this session and what we're going to accomplish today, uh, I had asked the senator to join us to, to go through uh, the two key priorities that he is really carrying on behalf of all farmers and, and agriculture this session. Um, but we'll talk and hear some staff updates as well about other things that we're following that are pending in the Capitol. I just say from a logistical standpoint, I'm going to try my best not to move around a lot. I'm pretty animated when I when I speak. We may be in trouble because I'm the same way. So, <laughs> so we, we can we, knock we, on each other. We will do our best. Uh, but if you want to participate in the form of questions, uh, particularly aimed at the senator, uh, you may do so by uh, submitting your questions in the Zoom chat box or via Facebook Live in the thread or stream. But uh, if you're joining us by phone today, you can also text a question to the number 573-301-2435. Again, 573-301-2435. So, so those are the ways. Uh, so before we wrap up today, we will take a chance to take a few questions and then we'll let you all get back to, to your business. So in terms of a formal introduction, uh, many of you know, uh, Jason Bean as Farm Bureau member, also active for a long time at the state level, uh, having served on the board for um, uh, the Missouri Ag and Small Business Development Authority at Department of Ag. So you've been involved in ag leadership for a long time, and now you're in year two uh, of your first state Senate term. Yes. And you're carrying ag omnibus as well as eminent domain reform, but why don't we take at least a step back, Senator, and just give us the landscape of the session thus far. Well, it, it's been a, a very interesting uh, landscape to say, uh, say the least. Uh, getting any priority moved through the Senate has just been, um, hey, it's been a big undertaking. And what you think would be simple is really, is not, that's all there is to it. And uh, so like I said, anything we can move forward this year has been uh, a big lift and we've been doing our best to do it. But I think when you look at the landscape, I think there's just several, there's several centers a little disgruntled right now with some leadership and, and you know what uh, that was before I got there so I'm not going into that but there's just some disgruntled and and so there's some of that I think there's some they're just disgruntled that there's some uh, legislation they feel like they really wanted to bring out and they haven't brought out yet um, so it's kind of really put a halt on the Senate and how it moves it's uh, definitely it's kind of like the weather right now it, it, you're having to move in a pretty uh, rainy situation is all I'll say okay I think that's fair Okay, the two big issues, though, that have really dominated session redistricting, particularly yes. with the congressional map, yes. and then budget, uh, in large part because of the influx of federal dollars that yes. 
complicate what are already complicated budget discussions every year. So can you talk just comments on, on those two items? Well, and remember, you got Medicaid expansion in there. So you've okay. got that, but that also uh, has, has been a contentious issue. And like I said, a very large budget. A lot of people are really concerned about the amount of money that we are spending um, and what we're, you know, I think we are spending a lot of money. We've got a large budget. We're also putting money back, which I think is important. And I think, um, you know, as farmers, we know how important that is. Um, but I'd say when you spend that amount of money, there's a lot of uh, a lot of issues that uh, people have an opinion on. So, as well, they should. I mean, that's absolutely. You know, the people people sometimes forget the Senate is a slow, deliberative body, and that's important uh, to discuss issues. Um, but we're just a little bit more deliberative, a little bit slower than usual. I'll just say it that way. <laughs> You're being very, very fair to this. So thank you. So, so so okay. So let's tee up. You know. We've and others have often said that this session has also been about unfinished business, right? Yes. How we ended last year that um, was disappointing for many of us. And so we Very. tried to carry forward. So let's first talk about the Ag Omnibus Bill uh, because it's a big package. Representative Pollitt from the Sedalia area has it in the House. Mm -hmm. The House moved it early. Um, it, it's you. You achieved a, a pretty significant milestone this week, but maybe talk just about the package itself and where we're at. Well, let me let me first. There's a lot of provisions in the bill, and I'm gonna put my glasses on read a little bit here, but just kind of tell you, I mean, there is a real economic committee uh, that's in this package. There is uh, language on land surveyors. All of the math for the tax credits are in this language. Uh, you've got biodiesel. You've got ethanol. You've got urban farming. Uh, tax credits in here. You've got some language on UTVs on uh, agriculture um, designations. You've got soybean checkoff language. You've got anhydrous ammonia language. Um, you've got log truck language. So it is a very, very meat processing. Meat processing is in there. Um, new generation co-op. I mean, it is a wood tax credit. A lot. It's it's a really big deal. Uh, it also has um, rural jobs in there right now. Um, and we can talk a little bit about that a little bit later. But, you know, you mentioned something in that, you know, unfinished business. We didn't get this passed last year. It did not pass, uh, passed the House, and once again, got bogged down in the Senate. We didn't get it passed. We got it passed this year. We got it through the Senate. Yes, we got through the Senate. It's come back to, the, it's went back to the House. Um, and there are some changes that we're probably going to make. I mentioned the rural, um, rural jobs is probably a contentious issue. It's probably going to have to come out. So we had to take a vote to go to conference. And once again, to get that vote accomplished is a big deal. And we got that vote accomplished um, in the Senate again. So we had voted to take the uh, Ag Omnibus Bill to conference, which okay. I said to get it passed one big deal. Now we have got it passed to go to conference is another big deal. So now we're at the point of naming the conferences and going to conference. So, you know, Senator, I kind of think about baseball some when we all want to hit grand slams, but sometimes it's just important to get on base, right? Absolutely. And seems like this milestone this week was getting on base in terms of yet another yes. base hit. We're going to conference. Now, yes. what, what's conference? What, what should people expect? Well, that's when you name, uh, I believe it's um, see, five members from the House, five members from the Senate um, that will meet and discuss some potential changes to the bill. I will tell you there's probably some conference. Compromises in there that you know aren't perfect, but we're moving. 
um, that we'll talk about. I'm, I'm going to have a feeling that rural jobs will probably come out of that bill. There's some problems in the House with rural jobs. There's also a problem in the governor's office with rural jobs that's probably going to come out. Uh, there was some cleanup language in some specialty crops that we were taking cannabis and uh, hemp out of the specialty crop language. Uh, but anyway, we will meet and discuss that. And once that's discussed and we come to an agreement on what we're going to do with the bill, uh, I believe it takes three House members to sign off and two Senate members to sign off. And then we take that back to the floor. Okay. So what you're telling me, though, is with two weeks left, there is hope. <laughs> I think there is some good hope. Uh, like okay. I say, there were some compromises. That, that's what, you know, the Senate is a lot about compromise. Um, and I think there's some compromise stuff that, once again, is not perfect, but we're still moving forward. And I think that's what's important that everybody needs to realize is that, hey, we didn't pass this bill last year. It did not come out, you know, really put some um, complications on MASVIDA um, of what they could do and not do. And we got it out. We passed it out once. Um, and I think we're going to go to conference and I think we're going to be successful. I, I truly feel we are. So. Okay. If you can't feel the optimism through the video, I am feeling it being in the room with you. Yes. So, so thank you for that. Now let's talk about optimism on another front and that's protecting private property rights. Okay. Absolutely. This has been an issue um, for many years now like nine years, nine years, and, and working with you and Representative Hafner, Missouri Cattlemen's, and obviously landowners who have been engaged in this for, for many years. The conversation is a little broader this session because it's more futuristic in the standpoint as we look at the future of energy transmission and with projects literally knocking at Missouri's doorstep yes. as we look down the road. Kind of walk us through how we've got to where we're at because that's another issue that I'm holding out hope. Yes, well, you know, we uh, we kind of took a step back because we've talked about we've dealt with it for nine years, and nine years we have not got uh, property rights eminent domain across the line. That's just this is fact. We have not got to that point in reform. Um, you know, it's really frustrating because you've got the grain belt that we all know about um, going. Uh, it's moving forward, and a lot of people are very frustrated with that. Mm -hmm. And we really had to make a decision of where we want to be. Do we want to sit there and try to uh, just be retroactive with Grain Belt, or do we want to look for the future? Do we want to look to the future and what we can do? Because, like I said, we've got projects uh, looming, and we want to make sure that we protect our property owners um, to, you know, if we're going to have companies utilize eminent domain, that we are protected and done that the right way and not the wrong way. So we had to kind of make a decision. Where are we going with this? And, you know, we met with, with you all, we met with Cattlemen. We have really tried to work with our stakeholders and, and look at the future and what we do. Well, and that's certainly been appreciated. Appreciated. And, you know, for Farm Bureau members, if you were at legislative briefing or other events or, or capital connections this past spring, you know, as you've interacted with us and your team here uh, within your organization, that, that you know that we are taking a much broader in-depth look at essentially landowner protections and what are in many ways common sense reforms as we think about the future of these projects and so something that i want to make clear you know whether it's you or or just farm bureau you know we're all for energy security we're all for grid resilience but we're also reminding folks that you can't have all these things done solely on the backs of farmers and landowners right and that's what this bill is about yeah, and it's tough when you have a private company that comes in here, utilizes eminent domain to send power to 
on the East Coast. Yes. Pretty frustrating. That's very frustrating. Yes. Um, absolutely. So, you know, one of the things that we're looking at is, you know, if you utilize eminent domain, land value, combination process, what you go through. And I think one of the things that we have tried to look at is, you know, if you don't want to sell something, how can you put a price on it? I mean, you, yes, I mean, you, you don't, you don't, I, I don't, it's, it's, uh, I get speechless sometimes at uh, mm -hmm. some of the uh, thought processes there. But one of the things we've come up with is looking at 150% land values. So I think that's very important to look at that because, uh, you know, if it does go to that combination process, um, that, you know, we're, we need to take care of our property owners um, and their rights. And so, as I say, again, if you don't want to sell something, how can you put a value on it? But I think this is something that looking to the future is something yep. that needs to be, if you're going to go through this, it's 150% value. Yep. Well, we appreciate your leadership, the leadership of Representative Kaffner. Um, you guys worked really, really hard last session with us, and we fell short, but we're certainly making another run at it this year in a, in a, in a really robust fashion. And I'm really proud of where we've gotten to thus far well and, and i am too and, and we have really tried to bring everybody to the table to say hey we, we've got to look once again to the future because uh, we don't want this to happen again and what can we do here um you know a lot of people have kind of talked about county commissioners and what we can do one of the things we're looking at is making sure that if it does go through that combination process that if the courts will appoint a committee to look at that or a group of people look at that one of those people have to be a farmer of the county we're talking about and been at that county for at least 10 years. Yep. And I think that's very important because as we all know, when you farm in a county, a land value at one part of the county and the other part of the county can be very different. Mm -hmm. We need somebody on there that understands that and is willing to um, you know, stand up for our, our property. See, just in this conversation, you've pointed out two of the common sense ideas that are that are in this bill. So one other thing I'd like to point this out, I get on a roll. <laughs> no, that's, it. That's, that's why we're here. But, um, you know, if this process is starting to take place and eminent domain is utilized, you come to an agreement, well, let's say the project then goes away. Mm -hmm. I feel like it ought to be the first right to come back to that owner to get mm -hmm. to purchase that land back. It should not be put up for sale. It should not. It needs to be a first right of refusal coming back to the landowner. I think that's very important. I think uh, those of us that have seen the abandoned railroad beds and and uh, see that nobody can really figure out who owns that property. And I think there's an issue there. So I want to make sure we clear that up and it comes back to the landowner. So in a nutshell, what we're saying again, when we think about the future of power transmission, there's got to be a public benefit for Missourians when, when we talk about the awesome power of eminent domain, right? Mm -hmm. And in those cases uh, where eminent domain is used, what we're looking at are common sense reforms to make sure that landowners have a more level playing field in these negotiations, right? Right. And the other thing we're looking at, too, if you're going to put a transmission line across the state of Missouri, you need to be required to drop a certain amount of that power off. Yeah. I mean, there's got to there's be a public benefit in Missouri. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, and so we're looking at that language, too. We talked about 50%. We're trying to figure out how we do that because it's kind of hard to kind of measure how much power is going through that. Uh, now, I'm kind of a common sense guy, so I kind of think, well, I, I can see other ways you can figure that out. But anyway, um, <clears throat> I think that needs to be something that's important, too. You've got to drop power in your state. I mean, that's the thing. 
center, you know, whether you go into the coffee shop or a feed store, the things that we're talking about are just common sense ideas that yes. any farmer or landowner believes mm -hmm. that if you're literally going to grant the power of eminent domain, there's got to be some public benefit to, to those of us in the state who are making the sacrifice, right? Absolutely. Who live along those lines. Mm -hmm. So for our members, I'll note, uh, in fact, you should have an email or a text message uh, in your inbox asking you to, to make calls to your state senator or senators um, um, within your respective areas to support House Bill 2005, uh, which is now being picked up and that's what's on the that's what's on the plate in the Senate, right? In fact, I just got a text message. We're sitting here from a Farm Bureau member asking me to vote yes on House <laughs> hey, Bill 2005. You know what? Y'all are fast. Thank you for being Perfect. on it on this rainy day, <laughs> although it's not rainy in your neck of the woods. Uh, it may have been your brother texting. Well, I won't, I won't say who it was. It came out of Shannon County. Okay. That hey, that's good. That's good. Thank you, Shannon County. All right. So at this point, we're going to pause um, and let's pivot to Emily so that Emily Leroy, who has been our face in the Capitol. Hi, Emily. So we're going to turn it over to you to, I guess, clean up whatever we've missed yeah. on these issues and then touch on other key things that we are following on your behalf. So, Emily. Absolutely. It is a pleasure to be with you all here today. My name is Emily Leroy. I'm senior advisor here at Missouri Farm Bureau. I have been in the state capitol for you all advocating on your behalf this session. So thank you, President Hawkins and Senator Bean, for all that you have covered so far on our two of our top priority issues with the agriculture omnibus bill and the eminent domain bill. I think you did a splendid job and really have covered all of the bases that I was intending to. But for any listeners out there who wanted to just catch those bill numbers one more time, that agriculture omnibus bill is number House Bill 1720, House Bill 1720. And that is sponsored by Representative Brad Pollitt out of Sedalia, and then obviously Senator Bean. And then the eminent domain reform bill is House Bill 2005. Again, you should have just received an action alert on that item. But if you would like to talk to your legislators and ask for their support over these next two weeks, we would very much appreciate getting those two bills across the line. So one other Farm Bureau priority that I would like to touch on briefly is a longstanding member policy priority, and that is initiative petition reform. So the members have been clear over the years that we would like to see some changes to how we can amend the Constitution in Missouri. So Missouri, right now, all it would take to amend our constitution through an initiative petition is a 50% plus one threshold for voters. We believe that the constitution should be a framework and that the real legislating and all those details that are very meticulous should be worked out through the legislative process. So we would like to see a higher threshold of two thirds to be able to amend the constitution. Another thing that's been very important to Farm Bureau members throughout the year is rural representation. So whenever individuals go out and gather signatures to amend the constitution or statute over time, right now they only have to have enough signatures in six of the eight congressional districts. It makes sense that you would often target urban areas and that leaves our rural areas behind. So we think a common sense approach to that is requiring the same amount of signature gathering all across the state, having full representation of the state, since that is what we are talking about doing is enacting laws and constitutional changes that affect everyone across the state. So there have been many different bills filed this year, which touch on that and in many different variations, the legislature has a lot of ideas of what to do. But in the final two weeks of session, it does seem that HJR 79 
which is sponsored by Representative Mike Henderson and handled in the Senate by Senator Sandy Crawford have pulled ahead. Those have been placed on the Senate calendar. So we would very much like to see any work done from the legislature. And we do know that as Senator Bean and President Hawkins have talked about, the general mood in the Capitol right now is that not a lot is going to get done. However, we are going to continue to talk about these issues and fight for them until May 13th at 6 p.m. There is still time and we know a lot can happen in the final two weeks of session. So we, are, we will continue to advocate on behalf of that issue. Another item I'd like to touch on very quickly is the budget. So right now, um, a lot of time this year has been spent debating the budget. So the governor's recommended budget was around $47 billion and the House has already done their budget work and has sent it to the Senate for consideration. And now the Senate is in deliberation mode. And so there are various stages of the budget and it's a quite complex process, but there are two items in particular, which we are really watching, which are a part of that federal, the new federal money available through um, really for COVID relief. It's called the American Rescue Plan Act, ARPA. And so two of those items that we are watching very closely are broadband investment, then also Rock Island Trail development. So of this federal money, which has been sent down from the federal government to states to allocate for many different items, the governor recommended a plan of $2.6 billion, which the House and the Senate have the ability to change, give their discretion, their feedback. And um, one of the top priorities of the governor has been broadband investment, which we are very pleased to see and has been, again, a Farm Bureau member priority for many years. But now we are finally talking about having funding available. The governor recommended $400 million be allocated to broadband development and deployment. And one of the core pieces of that is the investment of $250 million into broadband grants for last mile and middle mile infrastructure. And so that $250 million has remained intact thus far. We, um, we believe it is in great shape and it is an important piece to be able to get out to all of our members across the state. It won't be enough. We know that you know this is going to be a long process. However, it is a, an excellent start and a huge and exciting investment in our state. The state, um, the Senate Budget Committee is going to be doing markup on Monday. So we will see how the Senate, um, if they hold that position and support the governor and the House's recommendation of that broadband funding. Another item which I briefly mentioned is Rock Island Trail development. So again, this is another longstanding Farm Bureau um, issue. So the Rock Island Corridor, which runs across central Missouri, is a trail bed, which is rail bed, which is similar to the Katy Trail. Many of us would have catered to the Katy Trail, where there was a railroad, where, which is no longer operational, and the state has accepted it to be, make a recreational trail, much like what happened with the Katy. However, we will continue to advocate that there are unresolved questions and issues with this conversion of the Rock Island Trail and that this is really a private property rights issue. So landowners amongst the trail have still not been compensated for that. It is true that these cases are pending in federal court. The Katie took about 11 years to resolve that, but these cases and these landowners have been waiting for an answer from the federal courts for over seven years about at what rate they would be compensated and what, what they can see. And now we as a state are considering investing Really, right now, we're looking at over $70 million into converting this private property or this property, which was private property and then a rail bed, and it could now be a recreational trail into another, another recreational trail. And so it is 
the House did support the governor's recommendation. We do not know where the Senate is going to be. There have been a lot of questions raised by legislators about things like deferred maintenance. Should we as a state be investing in another recreational trail whenever we have the Katy very close, but also many unmet needs for state parks across the state? Right now, that list is over $100 million of um, of unmet needs for our state park system. 46 million of that is slated for the Katy Trail alone. So even if we develop the trail, the question of ongoing maintenance has not been addressed, um, but it really goes back to a core question of how do we make sure that landowners are one, compensated, two, their fencing needs are taken care of, and three, what liability questions are out there. So those are the type issues that I was going to hit on today. I am now going to send it over to Dan Ingeman to cover some congressional redistricting. You have noticed at the beginning that we had some technical difficulties and we had a slide deck prepared for you all. I'm going to try to share a copy of the map so Dan can look at it. So bear with me and apologies for my technical difficulties. Dan, I hope you can see the map on the screen. I can see it. I hope everyone else can. Uh, good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for spending some time with us this afternoon on your busy day. And uh, it's great to hear that the weather is great in southeast Missouri, where I'm at in Herman, Missouri right now. We're in the middle of a downpour again, but uh, I hear the rain coming on the roof. But uh, yeah, as a uh, former congressional staffer myself and a recently removed Senate chief of staff, uh, this one, this topic is near and dear to my heart, uh, something that I've, I've been following. We've been following very closely Missouri Farm Bureau. And, uh, you know, President Hawkins talked about this being uh, unfinished business. And this is certainly a major piece of unfinished business that uh, remains to be seen. If anything, uh, if the legislature can come together in the, in the last couple of weeks. But uh, before you here on the screen, you can see uh, the House passed map of congressional, the new congressional maps based upon the 2020 census. And as a reminder, you know, this one, uh, it, you pretty well have to get right down to the person in terms of equal population of these districts. So uh, the, the uh, House and Senate sponsors of the maps are Representative Dan Shaw from uh, Jefferson County and then Senator Mike Bernsketter of Cole County uh, have these respective maps in their chambers. The House passed this map on January 19th. Um, you can take a good look at, at uh, what those districts look like. Emily, if you would uh, go to the next slide, if you could, or, or maybe I need to drive. I think you have to. I believe it should be on the Senate map now, Dan. Okay, I'm, I'm not seeing it here, but uh, this, I'll just go ahead and keep, keep, uh, keep going here. The Senate passed the, uh, the map on March 24th. Uh, 22 to 10. And really, you know, the big issues here, you've heard a lot about, there you go. You heard a lot about a 7-1 versus 6-2 map. And uh, Missouri Farm Bureau, obviously our policy is to maintain rule of representation. We feel like that's very important. Uh, probably would not, a lot of questions if that would get done in our 7-1 scenario. So again, uh, the Senate passed, call a 6-2, 6 Republican, 2 Democrat uh, map. And so you can see it looks quite a bit different than what the House passed 
And really, a lot of a lot of the uh, the uh, uh, point of contention is in districts two and three. Uh, Congresswoman, uh, currently Congresswoman Ann Wagner, Congressman Blaine Lutkemeyer, and whether uh, St. Charles County should be an all-in-one district or Jefferson County should be all-in-one district. So the compromise that was was reached in the Senate was extending Congresswoman Wagner's district in, further into southeast Missouri, as you can see see here. So where uh, where this headed, um, so went back to the House. The House refused to adopt the Senate map and asked the Senate to uh, to go to conference and iron out the differences. You've heard Senator Bean talk about the conference committee process earlier. Uh, the Senate has not indicated that it wants to go to conference. Uh, you know, probably feels like that's not feasible to do. Uh, it took a lot of time to get this map through the Senate. Uh, so here we are. So a lot of people, Emily, if you could go to the next slide, if you can. Um, a lot of people feel like uh, this will be up to the courts to uh, interpret. Missouri the, Missouri is about one of four states. Missouri, I think, is the only state that hasn't passed a map, but then other states are have legal challenges to their maps. But you can see here, uh, there's at least three different lawsuits on it. A uh, group of five individuals claiming that uh, their right to cast an equal vote, these districts are now overpopulated um, uh, based upon the new census numbers. Uh, so that's the basis of their lawsuit. Uh, that uh, motions will be heard in that case uh, next Monday in Cole County Circuit Court. Missouri GOP filed a lawsuit, the Republican Party filed a lawsuit asking a judge to force the legislature to draw a new map and a reopen filing. Um, also heard next Monday in the same venue. And then there's a congressional candidate in the St. Louis area uh, that says, and you know, can't blame him, says that uh, uh, uncertainty over district lines affect his ability to, to uh, campaign. So he has uh, filed his suit in the Eastern District uh, Court, the federal court. So that'll be heard later this month. Um, also, uh, you know, I just read uh, last last day or so, Secretary Ashcroft has said that, uh, you know, if this continues much longer, the next week or so, it's going to be very difficult to actually carry out uh, the August primary elections based upon district lines, a lot of voter confusion, and actually getting the ballots prepared for the August elections. So that's something to certainly watch. Um, Emily, I think we've uh, we got one more in this slide deck. If you can, there we go. Um, so just wanted to plug, uh, before we go to questions and answers, um, the, our action center. So you can text, MOFB to 50457. I call this the easy button. Everyone needs an easy button in their life. So this, this uh, lets you, uh, clues you into everything that we're working on, our newsletters, our calls to action will be very important here in the last couple of weeks of legislative session and beyond. So if you're not subscribed to that texting service, so easy. Uh, most all of you have a phone in, in your pocket. Uh, I encourage you to pull that out and text 50457 to MOFB and uh, get you in the, in the queue to uh, receive, to stay updated on, on everything that we're doing on your behalf. So Emily, I'll pitch it back to you. Thank you. Absolutely, Dan, thank you for that. There is still the opportunity to submit questions. And right now I'm going to stop screen sharing and send it back to President Hawkins and Senator Bean to help take questions. And yeah. folks will help facilitate that as well. 
Well, before I dive into questions, first I want to tell to our viewing audience, thank you for your patience through our technical difficulties today. I didn't get to introduce her, but Elizabeth Weiss was the one between us, our videographer here at Farm Bureau, who is making it work. So I apologize for the challenges for those of you that are tuning in via Facebook Live. But you know what? We are using all means available to get the information to, to you, our members, and that's what's most important. So real quick, tee this up. Emily touched on initiative petition reform, Senator Handicap, is there a chance? I think there's a chance it's just gonna be, it's, it depends on so many things. We were talking about congressional maps, we just had a meeting Wednesday about that. Okay. Congressional maps, uh, IP reform, you've got CRT, you've got gender sports, you've also got uh, election integrity. So you've got a lot of big issues out there. We've got two weeks left. <laughs> okay. What is that to say? What okay, to? all right. I'm all in. I'll say that. Okay. Next question. Will there be additional funds for drainage districts from the federal infrastructure bill or other federal funds that are coming into the state? Are you aware of anything? I'm not aware of anything, but I would certainly be very, very open to that. Okay. And I tell you what we can do in the meantime, Ms. Spencer Tuma, who handles federal issues, will have Spencer do some checking with our Congressional delegation on the federal infrastructure bill. Uh, there she is. Spencer, do you want to pipe in? Hi, yeah, I can I can speak to it very quickly. Um, I am also experiencing a downpour. So case for rural broadband, if my video cuts out, I sincerely apologize. Um, but we do anticipate that we are going to be getting a significant share of the federal infrastructure funds. The state legislature, of course, will have the responsibility to administer a lot of those funds and be sure they get where they need to go. Um, I don't have a specific number. I'm happy to look into that more directly, um, but I do anticipate um, there was a lot of money uh, put aside for you know waterways, infrastructure, and that sort of thing. So I anticipate there probably is some money for uh, local levy and drainage districts, although I'm not aware of the specifics. Okay, well, thank you for putting it on our radar. Emily, thank, or Spencer, thanks for the update and, and we'll see what else we can find. I tell you what, maybe an update can be in a future edition of the legislative newsletter. So that's a plug. So again, hit that easy button and subscribe. Yeah, right? I need that easy button. You, yes, the, you do. The Senate, the really Senate needs the, the easy Senate. button. They might need two or three. So. Okay, two weeks to go. How can our members best help you and our friends in the Capitol? Okay, we've got the action alert that's out. Again, please check your email or your text message thread. What else can we do? I, I'll, I'll tell you this, my biggest fight in the Missouri Senate, it's not Democrat, Republican, it's not conservative, liberal, it's urban versus rural. Biggest fight, make people understand what rural America is all about. Grassroots organization like Farm Bureau, members that come to the Capitol, go in the offices of senators and representatives is very, very important because uh, we need to hear those voices to come in. And, and like I say, that is a tremendous help. I appreciate all of you that do that. It sure like makes my job easier on you know issues like uh, eminent domain. So that's something that we always need help when members come to the Capitol. Thank you. Okay. Emily team, have we had any other questions come in? If not, yeah, again, I want to wrap up, man. This is really about a call to action. One, it's to thank amongst all of our members, just your leadership, Senator. And I think people can see how relaxed we are because we've known each other a long time. Yes. 
and, and I've, seen you, am, I've seen you in a grain bin. <laughs> you have. And, and I am completely sincere when I say how much we appreciate the chance to work with you. And we are not giving up. This organization always holds hope. And, and there is hope in these last two weeks that the legislature, particularly the mm -hmm. Senate, can come together to, to address these issues. Ag Omnibus, as the Senator said, uh, headed to conference. Yes. We, we've got the hope to get it done. And we, I said, we didn't get it done last year. We're, we're in a great spot to get it done. Um, I think that's a, a, a huge win for agriculture. We get this through, uh, even though it's not perfect, um, we're, we're getting there. Um, and I'd just like to take a moment to say thank you to Farm Bureau. Um, my dad was a county president. I've been involved for years and years. Uh, thank you for everything you do. You all do a great job. Um, I was that kid at uh, back in the Tantara days that was running around terrorizing probably uh, so many people going, oh, I wish those kids would get out of here. But, uh, you know, it, it's a it's an honor and pleasure to serve agriculture. It's an honor and pleasure to be here. But I, I just want to say thank you so much for what all you do. Thank you. I, the feeling is mutual. And, and again, as we wrap up, please respond to the action alert. You heard the senator articulate it very well in terms of what's at stake. Uh, Missouri has been a leader in private property rights for years. And what we're asking our members and ultimately our members to communicate to, to your legislators is that the future of energy transmission is here. Yes. And we're asking for common sense reforms that ultimately make sure that a public need is there for eminent domain to be used. Absolutely. And then ultimately, if eminent domain is used, that landowner protections need to be in place. Well, and if I've got time to say this, okay. we're trying this novel idea of getting all of our ducks in a row before we take that bill to the floor to we, we we don't want to we want to work our issues behind closed doors get that done and then take it to the floor we want to pass eminent domain reform in the state of missouri we're tired of losing for nine years in a row 10th year is going to be the charm okay you're just short of pounding the fist on the table i'm getting close <laughs> but you're close yes all right thank you everyone appreciate your time uh, on this friday two weeks to go Please uh, thank you for all the work that's been done at this point in session, whether you're at legislative briefing or whether you have walked the halls during a capital connection visit. Help us on this home stretch. Make the calls uh, to your legislators. Let's get it done. Take care.